You're listening to Radio Influence. Initiate procedure. Okay, the MJ Radio Network. We are go. Stand by for the MJ Morning Show. The breaking news is the MJ Morning Show podcast is now weekly. This is episode number eight. New episodes every single Tuesday. The reaction, guys, has been absolutely fantastic. Hey, Froggy, you okay? Froggy is like really scared. This whole Chinese coronavirus deal which has infected all these folks over in China and it's spread to other countries. Uh, as of this recording, I think they've determined there are five cases in the United States, but I saw who's Dr. Nancy at ABC News? She She's saying something like there's not a big spread in the United States and we might have control and have a handle on it in the U.S., but still, uh, Froggy's like freaking out. But Froggy, you freaking, you're a nervous Nelly about everything, dude. I have become a hypochondriac and a nervous Nelly over the years, yes, and I, I'm not going to mess with uh, this stuff, you know. I don't mess with diseases, and every time I get bit by a mosquito, I'm like, all right, where was that mosquito like five minutes ago, and what disease do I have right yeah, now? Yeah, probably on some pile of dog turd or something, oh. and then on you and injects you. Did you see this market in this uh, Wuhan, Wu-Tang Clan, China? Did you see what this market sells? Isn't it Wolf? Isn't Wolf oh, on the d- menu? Dude, this is, listen, hold on. This market, hold on, I got the name of the market. This market in China where they think it's ground zero for this coronavirus, it's the Huanan market. They have a thousand plus stalls. Vendors? Where they, vendors, exactly. It's like, like a couple of football fields big, and they have a thousand plus stalls. And these vendors, they sell all kinds of crazy meat. No wonder why there's some potential pandemic that's going to kill humanity. Listen to the crap these folks sell. Foxes, civet. Civet is like a little cat-like thing. Oh, I'll eat that. Rats, peacocks, wolf pups, salamanders, snakes, porcupines, ostriches, bamboo rats, hedgehogs. I mean, this is the crap. Fruit bat. When are you going to name something that I will not eat? I'll eat a hedgehog all day. And you, you don't know how quickly he'll eat a peacock. Did you see the image on social media that was floating around last week? And it's some Chinese lady. It looked like at a food court somewhere eating a hairy fruit bat with chopsticks. Well, actually, you know, that's smart because while you're eating the fruit bat, when you're done, you can use the hair and, and use it as a floss to get the pieces of meat out. <laughs> right, God. right. That's it's exactly actually right. getting two things done. It's good. It's smart. And chopsticks actually would be the perfect utensil for a fruit bat to get the little rib meat out. I mean, folks, this stuff is foul. I'm so, I understand, like, different cultures eat different things, but really eating fruit bat and civet? Civet just sounds horrible. What did you oh say my. civet was again? Civet's this, like, uh, cat-like, uh, little foxy cat-like looking thing. It's a civet. 
Mm. And I was reading some story. Some dude in China's like, oh, yeah, I love civet meat. Once you taste it, it's just fantastic. I don't want to taste this stuff. I'm sorry. You know, maybe the reason why we've got this deadly potential pandemic that could wipe out millions of people like the Spanish flu of 1918. Maybe if you guys weren't eating all this crap and this stuff wouldn't be spreading at this market and infecting no. potentially half the planet. No. Now give me a bowl of cat and I'll take my chances. You know what? I'll have the civet right here. Can you? Uh, can you? I would like the general sow civet. Listen, did you steal that joke from me? That was one of my tweets a couple of days ago. What? Uh, uh, last night, ordered Chinese. I had the general tso's hairy fruit bat imported from Wuhan. You I was. Stole I did it. I did it. Yeah, I, you did. I was just I gonna that. say. I was just gonna say. Do you have fruit bat and broccoli? Medical researchers, Wall Street Journal, medical researchers determined the outbreak. Of SARS, remember the SARS virus? That's yes. back. No, is, oh. is no, no, no. Is it oh. SARS that began back in 2002, and they figured out that that originated in bats, spread to humans via palm civets and mammals that look a little like uh, weasels, and they were sold in Chinese markets. Again, it's the Chinese eating this crazy crap that's going to kill us all. Can't you just cook a civet to a certain degree to where? It- Kills the whatever the what is this virus coronavirus? Well, Fessy, you're the grill master. What yeah. are you supposed to cook chicken to what 165 degrees to to kill the salmonella, whatever the hell it is? I prefer my cats more like sushi. So I, you know what? <laughs> I bet you we should hunt down that fat ass Andrew Zimmerman because he's the one who goes and eats all that stuff. He probably bought, brought it back. The weird food guy, yeah, bizarre. Food. Oh yeah, the bizarre food guys. I've seen them eat right. bat and civet. He's passing around the civet's disease. I've never heard of civet before in today's podcast. Dude, look it up. Go to Google and type in civet. You can see what a civet looks like. C-I-V-E-T, civet. My nephew drives one. <laughs> Honda civet. <laughs> drives a Honda civet. That was bad. <laughs> How many miles on that Honda civet? 122,000 miles to be exact. So. Uh, boy, I don't want to scare the crap out of you. Coronavirus can be spread during incubation period, so you don't need, like, snot flying out of your eyes to infect people. You, during the incubation period, before symptoms even show up, you can spread the, the Chinese uh, Wuhan coronavirus. Gross. Keep it away from me, And it me, might bro. be more contagious than previously thought. Ugh. Isn't that awful? Hey, speaking of awful... Kobe Bryant and the story. I mean, can you imagine? You've got three 13-year-old girls getting ready to play a basketball tournament, and they were killed on Kobe Bryant's chopper? That's horrific. The whole thing is just a tragedy. I cried. I haven't cried in years. I cried this morning. Watching the news. Yeah. Yeah. Because they show the video of Kobe and his daughter when she was a little baby and running. Oh, it is brutal. And imagine. I read an article that said, imagine that helicopter's going down and... What was going through Kobe Bryant's mind? Like, thinking, what is he going to do? He's His daughter, it was, the article made yeah, me cry. The whole thing's horrific. Back to that article that you read, Froggy, about you know what was Kobe potentially thinking. I got to be honest, I don't think they had much time to think. Because they said the chopper was going like 160 miles an hour. I think that that pilot just ran that thing into a hillside in the fog, and they didn't have much warning. So it's not like they were for minutes saying, oh, my God, we're, we're going down. I don't think that was the case. You know, the bottom line is that chopper should not have been in the air. It might have been clear or it might have been decent when they took off from Orange County. But once they got into the bad conditions, got into the soup or you know, closer to L.A., 
Uh, there is no. They should have turned around and went back. I, I'm guessing that this thing just slammed into the hill because of the fog. Listen, the L.A. County Sheriff's Department said that their police choppers were not up that morning because the conditions were unsafe to fly. And here's you know Kobe Bryant's chopper with nine people on board in the fog. And I, I just think it's just a horrible accident that could have been prevented. You know, I never really appreciated how much of a cultural icon Kobe Bryant really really is, really was. I mean, this this outpouring of emotion for this is, is incredible. And the, the people that he's affected. I mean, even uh, friends of mine who, who looked up to him as a as a father and as an as entrepreneur and as a leader in the community is just a tragedy. I also see that they're thinking about changing the NBA logo to him, which is pretty cool. Who is it now? Jerry West? cares about his old oh, ass. Oh, really? You mean yeah. the inside the red, white, and blue logo? Yeah, the Jerry West wow. old. They're going to make it. Oh, that's the rumor. It's, it's a petition. A, it's like yeah, It has yeah. like a, a couple, many thousand of signatures. I hate to bring this up, but the mainstream news outlets have discussed this. The allegations against Kobe back in 2003 and the sexual assault accusations. I think he had a knee problem and he was going to the Stedman Clinic, which is a famous orthopedic clinic and surgery place uh, in Vail. Yeah. And he was staying at a place called Cordillera in Edwards, Colorado, right down from Beaver Creek and Vale. And that's where he was alleged to uh, have had a sexual assault situation with a 19-year-old concierge uh, at this hotel. And, I mean, this was serious. This was headed toward a huge trial. It turned out that the criminal charges were dropped because I think the young woman decided not to cooperate she then sued civilly, and they settled out of court. There were rumors that she got a million dollars to $5 million uh, to make the whole case go away. But I'll tell you what, I remember Fester's whole get-rich-quick scheme on Kobe Bryant. Because remember, he did Nike. He had all kinds of endorsements. And I know that Nike dropped him. A bunch of the uh, big companies, they dropped him right away. But they came back eventually. A lot of them, like Nike, came back within a couple of years, I believe. But one of them, Fester's get-rich-quick scheme on Kobe Bryant. Listen, this company made the right call then, and they stuck by their guns the whole time. Right. <laughs> Nutella. Oh, Nutella, yeah. the chocolate hazelnut uh, yeah. spread. Is it, is it Nutella or is it Nutella? I think it's Nutella. Nutella. I think it's Nutella, Fester. But anyway, so Fester, tell us about, refresh our memories on your Nutella Kobe Bryant get rich quick scheme from like, what, 2003, 2004? Well, Nutella, Nutella. Canceled Kobe Bryant as their spokesperson, yeah. uh-huh. and they had Kobe Bryant's face on every <laughs> jar of Nutella. Every one of them. You couldn't walk down the supermarket aisle without seeing Kobe Bryant just sitting there smiling on this jar of delicious chocolate hazelnut spread. So I bought every damn one of them I could find, thinking, this is a real investment opportunity. Was there a couple hundred of them in the closet for a while? There like, were. They were, they, were like, they were like six unopened cases <laughs> for like a year and a half. I remember Fester went from store to store, and they were starting to take them off the shelves or whatever the story. You went to a whole bunch of grocery stores, and you were buying all of the Nutella jars with Kobe Bryant's face on it because you thought that when the story came out that they were canceling him as a product endorser, that the jars with his face were going to skyrocket in value. I would ask for the store manager and ask if they had any more Nutella in the back. I'll buy it all. Put it in my cart. 
much money do you think you're going to make from that, oh really? God. I mean, come on, jackass. <laughs> Another one of Fester's crazy get-rich-quick schemes. So I don't think you made any money on that, you did you? You ate it all, obviously. I ate every damn one of them. <laughs> Slowly but surely, I, I put Nutella on everything. Everything. <laughs> Waffles, cookies. Salmon. Salmon. <laughs> yeah, salmon. I did catch him dipping his fingers in it one morning and just beef. eating. Beef. I, I would eat it with, you take the two fingers, you take, you take pointer and the flip-off finger, and you just get a big oh. hulking scoop of Nutella, kind of brush your teeth with it. It's delicious. Anyway, thoughts go out to all those involved and parents, the 13-year-old kids. I mean, that's so heartbreaking on the way to a basketball tourney. Just terrible. Hey, guys, uh, changing the subject, something a little happier here. Can somebody help me interpret this dream? Hey, Fester, this might mean that you got to go on Google quickly and, and figure this out. I don't have time. I meant to do this, and I forgot. What the hell does this mean? I had a dream last night that I was in a casino, and I was playing uh, one of those slot machines, that it, like the progressive jackpots, and... Have you seen the casinos where it's not the normal size slot machine? It's like a giant slot machine with the big giant handle? Yeah, I've seen them in Vegas before. I win. I won six. I remember this. This is, These are like details that I remember from my dream. Explicitly, I remember I won $653,000. And then I'm like excited and all the bells and whistles are going off. $653,000. And then... The managers and the casino folks come over and told me that the jackpot is void because there was a malfunction on the machine. I'm like, what malfunction? I've got I've got all the right things here, and I won six hundred fifty three thousand dollars. They can't and do that, like, can they? No, I got your interpretation. I got your interpretation. What is it? Oh man, you're gonna. <laughs> all right, Froggy, just look this up. Or are you pulling my crank? No, no, I'm not right. pulling your crank. Okay, yeah. what does it say? To dream of a slot machine represents situations where you are repeatedly taking a chance on something. Keep at it. Dreaming of winning at a slot machine may reflect feelings of being extremely lucky or having extremely poofy hair. <laughs> Will you stop it? <laughs> oh, my God. Hold on. Did you, did you no, make no, no. all that up? Just the poofy hair part. But that's right. basically but, it. It says you're, you're attempting something over and over again. The, the, podcast. the, the podcast. The podcast. The podcast. <laughs> We've just gone weekly. That's it. Keep going. <laughs> I, I have a dream to interpret, too, when you guys have a chance. Well, hold on a minute. So what about the fact that I won, but then they reject me, and they won't give me the jackpot? That's the interpretation I, me I need. So, yeah, all right, dreaming about the slot machine, and I won, but then, but then it's they wouldn't away. pay me. They wouldn't pay me. So what does that extra special interpretation mean? To dream of getting your winnings taken away from a oh, slot come on. machine. You're making, are I'm you, not. Hold on. Are you I'm reading not. this? No, it's right here. Look. To uh, win. Can you look, look at his phone? Fester, can you confirm if you come that it near says me, that? I'll smack you in your head. Okay. Now look. <laughs> to dream of someone taking your winnings away from a slot machine may reflect feelings of jealousy that someone else is luckier than you. <gasps> Are you making this up? You're jealous of me, obviously. <laughs> you are so lucky, Froggy. No, I'm not making that up. I actually read that. That's serious. Obviously, you got some things going on mentally. I, re I recommend seeing a psychiatrist, honestly. <laughs> I've got some things going on mentally. Hey, shout out. This is great. Shout out to the guy at the Publix supermarket on Bayshore who was wearing the MJBJOJ t-shirt. 
Folks, this is crazy. This is, uh, what, a couple of weeks ago. I actually have the picture on my Twitter feed. If you go to at Todd Schnitt, at T-O-D-D-S-C-H-N-I-T-T, and just scroll down and look for the dude standing in front of Publix wearing an MJBJOJ billboard shirt from, what, 1990, was that 94? Unbelievable. The shirt was absolutely in pristine, perfect condition, Froggy. How did he get it? Why doesn't he get a new shirt? What, there's so many questions. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I'm going to keep this shirt for 25 years and just work to the supermarket to get Dude, a pub sub. The shirt is like in perfect condition. He got it way back in 1994. The damn thing is like 25 or 26 years old. Unbelievably, it looks like it's brand freaking new. I don't know the guy's name, but thank you for wearing the MJBJOJ t-shirt. Hey, Fester. You didn't get caught stealing the seatbelt on the airplane? No, no. I was like a petty theft ninja. You feel good about this? So, I do. Uh, I do. Next flight that there's an overweight person that needs the seatbelt extender, they might not have it on board because you stole the one they gave you? In my defense, I was kind of <laughs> fat shamed about the whole All thing. Right. All right, folks. Fester has a story. What a shocker. Fester on an airplane recently because, you know, Fester is... The, the the big RV uh, magnate these days. Fester works for this RV company, sells RVs, and they flew you out of town for some RV what, show. Big big RV show. Where where the hell was it? It was in it was in the uh, the armpit of the Midwest, <laughs> Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, it was in Cleveland, Ohio. So I, we we had to fly out on on an airline. It's American airline. We fly uh, out, and everything went fine right. going there. Coming back, and I'm a pretty big guy. If you haven't yep. noticed, I've never needed a seatbelt extender. They put me in, like, the seat meant for children because it was, like, a foot short. So, Dude, all the seats are the same. Yeah. If you're no. In, this was if the, you're in coach. I was in coach, and I got the first seat, like, against the wall. That's a normal seat. You're in fat denial, bro. No, I, I was in the same seat flying there, and it buckled. Well, hold on a minute. Were you on one of the commuter jets or the, the full-size jet, or was it more of the small regional jet that you were on? It was a smaller on? regional jet. Ah, was, there you go. All right. It was the Cleveland to, to Charlotte connection. All right. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, crap. Oh, no. And then the person over is looking at me. And I'm like, hold on a minute. So you couldn't get the seatbelt on you? I couldn't get the seatbelt to, the two metal parts couldn't click. Going the seatbelt actually would cover your girth. Yes. But coming back, it would not. I mean, going, it covered my girth by like the hair off my ass. I mean, it was, it was right there. Okay. But, but it buckled. I mean, I Hold met- on a minute. Maybe you ate a whole lot in Cleveland. Did you have corn dogs and hot dogs and all kinds of crap inside the Cleveland auditorium where the RV show was? Yes, but I didn't put on 20 pounds in Cleveland in four days. <laughs> the belt is like a foot shorter. I'm like, oh, crap. This is awful. Right. And uh, the the young lady next to me who I never saw before and will never see again, I'm like, you know, I'm really not this fat. <laughs> she, she no, laughed. you are. And, you are this fat. <laughs> that's what she had. she had. She had a laugh that said that. She's like, ha, <laughs> <laughs> ha, right. So the flight attendant, did she see your struggles? What happens? So- Everybody's seating. They close the door. I kind of just get up, and I walk up to the flight attendant in the front of the uh, the, the, the plane, and I'm like, hey, do you have one of those seatbelt uh, extenders? And she goes, oh, yes, seatbelt extender. <laughs> yes, we have them somewhere. Where are they? Are they in here? She starts opening she up holding every- the intercom uh, phone? Yes, sir, we have a seatbelt extender for you. She opens up all the- Yes, sir, we have the seatbelt extender for you.
That's not exactly how the intercom sounded, but she opens up all the bins in first class. She's like, oh, no, this one's just pillows and blankets. Nope, no seatbelt extenders here. I know we have some around here somewhere. And she's like looking at other people on the plane while she's saying it. And I'm just like, I could not be any fatter. (laughs) And I want to take this seatbelt extender and essentially strangle her with it because she's fat shaming me right there in the middle of first class. So you got the seatbelt extender. You use it from uh, what? From... From uh, Cleveland, Cleveland to, to Charlotte. Charlotte. And now, as soon as she hands it to me, I realize that this is a virgin seatbelt extender. Oh, it was a brand new one. It wasn't stained with, like, food and vomit. It had never right. been around another fat ass. Wow. For, this was like the maiden voyage for this seatbelt extender. And, and let me guess. Fester said... This is mine. Well, you know, I was playing it a little. You know, I was like, you know, if I see her and make eye contact on the way out, she obviously will remember me as the sole fat guy on the plane who couldn't get buckled in, and she'll ask for it back. But turns out, we walk off the plane. She's sitting there chit-chatting, and I just kept it in my uh, right hand and whoop, out the plane. It's perfect. I don't know what I'm going to use it for other than <laughs> use it in I your fly. car. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you take this as a sign that maybe you're at that age where maybe you should do something before maybe you die? No, no, I got the seatbelt extender now. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm worried. Well, you about know what? Uh, Froggy's got a good point here. Fester, you got two small kids. H- how old is uh, Hadley? Whoa, gosh. One, two, eight. She's Hadley's eight. eight. And your son, uh, Butch, what's the, what's the boy's name? Chet Booker. <laughs> Butch. Butch is... Uh, Hudson, right? Yeah. Is it? No, Hudson's He's my son. Cutie. He's a little yeah. over three. Hudson so. named after beautiful Hudson, Florida, right? With all the dirt roads and everything? No, it's named after that filthy river in New York. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I don't know. My, my daughter thought of the name. So hey, listen... Froggy's got a good point here, dude. Why don't you, because you did reveal on one of the first podcasts in our return, you revealed your current weight is like 300 and what? 12. Thank you, Froggy. Are, are you still at Listen. 312, or have you gone down a little bit? Have you gone up a little bit? What's the story? Including today's movements, I might be at 310. I could be at 314. <laughs> I don't know, people. I don't keep track. All However, right. a- I've anyway. never needed a fat belt before, and this air waitress, <laughs> air waitress. <laughs> essentially fat shamed me, so I stole it. Uh, American Airlines. Well, listen. That. Listen, if, if we could do something positive with this segment here, I think Froggy's right that you probably want to try to lose weight faster because you're getting to the age, man, where, you know, you, you could be a walking heart attack. Look, you want to do something positive with this segment. How about American Airlines not fat shame their bigger passengers? I'm He's the saying. one when he was in his, when you were in your 30s, used to be like, you never see old fat people. <laughs> Now look at you. You're old and fat. I know. I'm starting a podcast at 45. What the <laughs> hell am I thinking? Ugh. Dead in six months. Well, speaking of overweight, this is a perfect segue because Froggy's like, all right, if I tell the story, I can't use the neighbor's name. Hey, Froggy, what the hell difference? This story is so specific. Of course the neighbor is going to know that you're talking about him because he was there when this happened. So what's the big deal whether you use the neighbor's first name or not? Because I see him every day, and he was so sh- he was shamed by my kid. He'll know that you're talking about him just by the description you're about to give. Hey, Fester, you're complaining about American Airlines fat shaming you? Well, guess what Froggy's kid did. What's your kid's name, Chet? His name is Luke. <laughs> 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 
Luke. Oh, that's right. Luke, Luke I am your father. <laughs> or as we call him, Lucifer. <laughs> so this is great. This is, a, this is a funny story, but I mean, is your name, was he embarrassed or did he laugh it off? Did he, did he have a nervous laugh? What happened? Very nervous laugh. He's a very huh? shy guy, at, even though he never wears a shirt ever, ever have I seen him wear a shirt in eight years. And that's what the story's about, right? Yeah, it is. He was... What happened? You're outside with your kid and uh, just tell the whole story. Okay, so he's he's working on his truck and I'm taking Luke to school. That's my job every morning. I take Luke to school. And he was outside working on his truck. And Luke is one of those kids. He doesn't care. He has no governor. He has no filter, filter in his head. Filter, yeah. yeah. Hello. Like, oh, I wonder where he got that. Well, my other kid, Max, is great. He does. He's <laughs> okay. a smart kid. He reads. He's totally well, he, opposite. He of obviously me. got those genes from your wife, Kim. Yeah. So Luke is more yeah. like me. So Luke sees my neighbor who is overweight, and he looks at him. He says, "Daddy, why does?" I'm not gonna say his name, but let's just Come say on, what's his name? Tom. What's his name? Tom. Tom. <laughs> <sighs> Right, so Tom is Tom is walking around working on the truck in the morning with no shirt on. Yeah, and Luke says, "Daddy, why does Tom have boobies like girls?" <laughs> oh, and Luke is how old? He's five. And now, <laughs> now I see Tom with the boobs every day, and it's awkward. He also called a lady in the grocery store fat. Like he just goes, "Look how fat!" And it's like no. Volume on his voice, and I have to come in in the back and go like, "Listen, I'm sorry." Yeah, that's that's unacceptable. I mean, Frog, you got Are you a good father figure? Are you teaching these kids what is right and wrong? Well, this is the same one that I caught playing Grand Theft Auto and was kicking I people know. in the head, curb yeah. stomping them, saying stupid. All right, so bitch. what did Tom the neighbor? What what did Tom the neighbor say when was, when your kid says, "Why? why do, what do he say? Why does he have boobs why like does he girls? Have boobs like girls? Yeah." Right. So what did he? What did Tom say? He just goes, "It's okay." It's it's okay, Michael. It's okay because I go, Tom. I'm sorry, man. He's 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 been crying. I, I made up some excuse, right? But obviously, it's an awkward situation, man. It's like, you know, what? I, I want to ground the kid or something. Yeah. Or smack Listen, him. he's got the coronavirus. He's you know he's going. To, I'm taking him to school right now with the the Chinese coronavirus. He's just he's got a fever. He's not thinking straight. That's yeah, what you yeah, say. Yeah. He's all infected up, Tom. And your man boobs look great today. By the way, <laughs> go get a brawl. I mean, Jesus Christ! Oh, I better not bring up man boobs and bras, man. That's a that's a that's a sore oh, sore subject oh, around here. Oh, oh, oh. I, just, <laughs> I, I just remembered something that kind of reminded me of your story with Luke at the Cleveland RV show. Oh, God. <laughs> Yo, boy, what? I punched a twelve-year-old kid. No, you didn't. I did. What's the matter with you? I did. Were you trying to get arrested in Ohio for, thought, for child abuse? I just remembered. I thought I was going to go to Cleveland jail. How did that happen? Because I work for an RV dealership, and then across the aisleway is another RV dealership named Camping World. Right. And those bastards were giving out foam fingers, like foam number one fingers. Number one foam fingers. So this 12-year-old takes the finger, and he jams it up his nose, right? Really funny stuff. And the kid takes the foam finger out of his mouth and points it right to my head. And I just kind of undercut Belly punched him like, <laughs> really? <laughs> Little kid doubles over. He's Think like, you should knock the air out of the kid. He's like, <laughs> where are the parents? The dad's looking at the RV that I'm standing in front Dude, of. Dude, you could have been arrested for like battery on a on a on a minor on a kid. I'm sure that would have like enhanced charges. Thankfully, the dad was like Mr. Super Redneck, and he's like, Dad, this guy punched me, and he's like, Good.
That's what you get for bleeping around so much. And I'm like, yeah, kid. And I'm like, I better get the hell out of here because they're going to arrest me. I had to take off early from the Saturday of the Cleveland RV show for punching a kid. Both of you guys. What's the matter with both of you guys? Froggy and Fester. It's it's like uh, old times. Nothing has ever changed here. You know what? A classic throwback story. And Fester, you're going to have to fill in the details here because I, I remember what happened. I don't remember what radio show it was and why did we have the guy in? Folks, this goes back probably to 2000. I don't know, 8, 2009. And why was this guy even in the studio? Why was he even in our live studio near a microphone to do what he did? I think he was even earlier than that, MJ, but we went through a lot of interns. Right. And admittedly, our intern screening process sucked. 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 I mean, it, right. it sucked to I me. Mean, Who was he, in charge of that? I think it might have been Joey B at the time. Yeah, or probably. Hoover or whatever cast of characters we had. What about <laughs> <laughs> it was. I think it was more like 2002, 2003. Yeah, it, it, was it? No, yeah, it was it earlier. Right, it right. was earlier. Okay. So he, we get this guy. I think like the only requirement was, can you get up early? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, I get up early. Okay, you're an intern. Be great. Come on in tomorrow. At because we had, at times, we had like five or seven interns at a time working on the morning show. We had a large intern population so somehow this guy was screened to become an intern right he comes in and it's his first day and a lot of times a lot of times i would take some time and say hey we got a new intern on the show let's learn about the intern and what did this guy do and he goes on to say hey my name is whatever his name i don't even remember his name yeah but he gets into a couple of i think he said he was a stand-up comic Right. Right. And you know, somebody tells me they're a stand up comic. The next thing is, well, tell me something funny. And he goes, Yeah, the, was it Boyd and Fisher? Oh, Fisher and Boy or something. Something like that. Are they even around anymore? Are they, what's their deal? They aren't. Fisher's around in some capacity. Right. I mean, I saw a couple That's years right. ago. That's right. So, so he gets into our studio and then. His plan was to mention this other morning show and then run out, right? So, yes. And then I knew the guy from the other morning <laughs> right. show. He's like, yeah, we had nothing to do with that, man. We have no idea what the hell this guy was thinking. Right. So what did he say? What He's did like, he say on the air? Fisher Boy morning show kicks 97, ass. And he screamed out 97X. I think that was yeah, the so, station. Is that station speech? still around? 97X? Are they even still on the air? I, I don't know. I don't know. All right. We find out where he works. Work works. Whatever mm. he told us was a lie. He worked at the Bank of America. <laughs> at West Shore and Kennedy Boulevard. Uh, after he said, he said his real name, I think, and so people started calling in. Yeah, I know him. He works at West, he works at the... Uh... Right, right. So somehow we found out where he worked, and his job was he was a teller. Just a teller, right. At the Bank of America, at literally the corner of the one right at the corner of West Shore and Kennedy, across from the Intercontinental, and what do you got? Panera on the other corner, the Chevron station there, and you have uh, Walgreens is over there. The hotels across the way, right? right? Yeah, the Intercontinental. So what did I say to you, Fester? I said, ah, he works at the Bank of America. What did I tell you to do? If he's going to screw with our place of work... You and Froggy are going to go down to his place of work and screw with him. That's what I said. I said, I said, if this guy's going to F with my place of business, we're going to F with his place of business. And I sent Froggy and Fester down to the Bank of America 
to find this guy and cause a giant scene in the middle of the bank. I told you guys, remember what I said? Be careful. You don't want them to think it's like a bank robbery or something. Remember that? Remember I what I told you? I was so nervous. I was like, this yeah. is going to end so bad. They were going to be running into a bank screaming stuff. What great advice that was, MJ. <laughs> don't make it look like a robbery. They'll probably shoot you in the lobby. So, so uh, I sent Fester down there to cause this big disturbance. And Froggy, weren't you the camera guy? Did it, yeah, you yeah. Did a video? It? You need a camera guy, so I, I tagged along for the fun, and boy did right, Fester, Fester take advantage. <laughs> so I walk in to, I, I don't remember the guy's name, let's say his name is John, I, I, I literally right. don't remember his name. I walk into the Bank of America, <laughs> and I'm like, hey everybody, is John here? We're looking for John, he came to the MJ Morning Show this morning to screw around, and we're here to screw around with him. Where's the bank manager? And as soon as I couldn't get the word manager out. And then security's there and the bank manager. Hello, I'm the well, bank manager. Can I help I, you? Remember what I told you to say, Fester? Because remember, he he started mentioning uh, this other morning show and 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 Fisher and and Boy or and I said, yeah, start mentioning the Bank of America is awful and uh, you start mentioning <laughs> other banks and yeah, I want to go bank at so and so and I'm like, just cause a disturbance. This guy caused a disturbance live on my broadcast. We're going to go cause a disturbance live at his play, his job. Have you sons of bitches seen the rates <laughs> at Wells Fargo right now? <laughs> so the security comes, the manager comes, they try to usher Froggy and I in an office. We lay out everything, and ultimately we leave peacefully because we're not looking for big trouble, just little right. trouble. You and forgot, though, when he saw us, he scampered away like a little girl. He ran to the back room. He freaked out. He was oh, at, that's right. He was helping a customer. He was at the teller <laughs> counter, and we come walking in, mouths a-blazing, and he just boop, right off to the side, took right off like a little bitch. <laughs> And I think he lost his job over that. Yeah, he got fired. He was fired over that. Yeah. Well, hey, you know he, what? Didn't he email you and say he got fired and he wants a job? He, no, he he did. Years and you later. Know what? And and he contacted me years later, like, hey, man, no hard feelings. Fester, what do you remember about that? When I went, made the brilliant decision to open a tanning salon, <laughs> I had the grand opening, and mm -hmm. every, all my friends were there. You were there. Froggy was there. And he shows up. He goes, hey, remember me? <laughs> I'm John, the guy from Bank of America, who you guys got me fired. No hard feelings. I'm really sorry. It ended on a good note. But, uh, yeah, we screwed with that guy pretty hard. That was the ultimate revenge story. It was. And you know, immediately I thought of that because then you you had told me, hey, he works at the Bank of America. I'm like, yep, I'm sending you to the Bank of America to to mess this guy's day up. And he also, so he showed up at your tanning salon grand opening. He had emailed me years later as well. Hey man, thought it was funny, no hard feelings. And then he was like, even I never expected you guys to come to my job. I'm like, dude, the MJ Morning Show was full of unexpected crap. Uh, just ask, uh, you know, uh, uh, Fester about the turkey fryer fire. What I mean, we did some stuff that you know I can't believe that we actually did. Yeah, so people would ask me, you know, describe the job that we had when we were doing the MJ Morning Show, and it was literally after the show, sitting down and trying to come up with ways to cause chaos and havoc and craziness, to make one idea crazier and crazier and crazier until it was dropping a car from from 150 feet on a stage that Froggy just got gets finished singing off of or blowing something up or the firework oven or something one thing's crazier than the next 
What was the name of the crane company? Sims? Sims Crane. <laughs> yeah. We ought to see if they want to sponsor our podcast. By the way, any businesses that want to sponsor, we're about to get serious about uh, selling sponsorships. But, you know, we're getting thousands and thousands and thousands of listens and downloads here. And, of course, the podcast, they live on forever. So if you sponsor a podcast then, you know, your live commercial, and that's the way I would do it. We're not going to run, like, recorded commercials. We'll do, like, live spots, uh, and we'll weave it in and out of our content here during the MJ Morning Show podcast. Maybe we ought to call Sims Crane. Hey, how many how many crane activities did we have for them in our parking lot over the years? Like a dozen, probably? At, at least a dozen. I mean, yeah. we used steps towing a hundred times to tow dead cars out of our parking lot and burnt-out vans out of our parking lot. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Oh, as I said, I think in the first or second podcast, the turkey fryer fire, that whole incident, that really scared the crap out of me because, uh, I, I mean, I went, I was skiing that year uh, after the incident. It was our last day before vacation. And man, I swear, I thought, I thought we were going to jail. And because remember the fire marshal, the state fire marshal had it in for us. And he said, we're going to make an example out of these guys. And they tried to, you know, juice up the whole story with the firefighter that got injured. And we don't think the firefighter got injured at all. And really, the claim was that he tweaked his back while ro- rolling up a hose after the event. And, you know, we had a bunch of cameras set up. None of the cameras showed anything that would remotely suggest an injury. In fact, I think we had video of the firefighter, like, jumping up on the fire engine and even making a phone call. The guy who I thought always had it out for us was the spokesman, who acted like our friend for years. Until oh, what, what's that guy's name? Bill Wade. Bill Wade. What's Bill Wade doing these days? Yeah, because uh, he turned on us quickly, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He measures the two-by-fours at Home Depot, so they're at the perfect <laughs> size. <laughs> I, I wonder what he's doing these days. I but saw, I saw you're right. he retired. Yeah, he, he turned on us quickly, 100%. You're absolutely right. A couple of morons in the news stories here. Oh, this is great. Right out of beautiful Largo, Florida, ladies and gentlemen. Saw this on Channel 8's website. Largo woman arrested Friday for misusing 911 by calling and texting the number to make non-criminal complaints about her husband. Police said that Sylvia Shoemaker, 69, used 911 multiple times via text and phone to ask for things like a counselor and how to file for divorce. 911 isn't exactly for that service. Don't call 911 with bogus crap. And I guess, is it Largo or is it Pinellas County? You know, many municipalities are going to texting. I mean, look, look, these days, I mean, look at the loss of like interpersonal communications. I mean, people don't want to talk anymore. People want to just quietly and anonymously or, you know, without having human interaction, they just want to text stuff. What's going on with the massive use of texting by, like, everybody, this came about some years ago. Well, why can't you text 911 if if texting has become this communication, which I got to believe there are more texts that go out these days than actual voice calls. So a lot of municipalities, a lot of uh, police departments now, you can text them a 911 emergency, and this woman's texting and calling saying, I want a divorce, I want to file a divorce with my husband. The police apparently said when they showed up that she appeared to be highly intoxicated. Yeah, shoemaker, 69-year-old hottie, looking to get rid of her man via text.
How does that, t- how does that, how does that 911 text work? I just got shot. Text. Send. Then you put a gun emoji. Is that a gun emoji? Dude, I don't know. I, I love it. I hate when people call me. It's like, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to anybody. All right, so you're one of these individuals that you don't want to talk to people anymore. You just want to text. See, I don't like texting for everything. I don't mind texting on certain things, but there are times when you want to have human-to-human actual vocal contact to actually have an interaction with another human being and froggy. So texting has been great for you because you essentially hate people, right? Unless it's a job. Well, I do hate people unless it's for work and they're going to make me some loot. Other than that, don't (laughs) even bother calling me. I hate your voice. I hate the way it sounds. Okay? Not you, MJ. Actually, I was referring to you. Oh, okay. (laughs) And Fester. Anyway, this this woman shoemaker in Largo was arrested uh, for misuse of the 911 system. Hey, there's good news out in Arizona. The penis man graffiti artist has been arrested. They've been looking for this guy for a long, long time. How long? A, a graffiti artist suspected of spraying many surfaces in Arizona with the words penis man was arrested last week. Dustin Schomer busted on Thursday for allegedly spreading his tag all over Tempe. All over Arizona State University in the Phoenix area, covering traffic poles, abandoned buildings with this penis man phrase. Guess how old this guy is. Guy's running around spraying penis man all over Phoenix and Tempe. Guess how old this dude is. I would think he's college age if he's around the university. It depends. Let me see the wiener. Because no, 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 he, he didn't was, draw no, a wiener. He, no, he, he wasn't drawing wieners. He was just writing penis man. How old? So you said college age, right, Fester? I would think like 23, 24. Nah. Wrong. 38-year-old guy oh. is running around spray painting penis man. That's his tag. You know, it's funny. You would thought you he would have got caught earlier. A long, long time ago. All right, stop. It's a real hard <laughs> that's, case. That's, I'm not getting included. That's awful. <laughs> It's a hard case, but it came to an end. I'm cutting these awful puns out. All right, you know what? Maybe I'll leave them in for you guys. What do you think? (laughs) That's good stuff, man. Shall I leave them in? All right. All right, I'll leave them in the podcast. Anyway, boner. I mean, wood. What? What are you saying? (laughs) Just kidding. Go ahead. All right, following the arrest, the Schomer guy created a GoFundMe page to assist with his legal fees. He says, I'm broke and have lost my job. Wait a second, did you lose your job because you were arrested for being the guy that was spray-painting penis man all over town in Arizona? He's arrested for spray-painting penis man. Now he has a GoFundMe page. He's getting awfully cocky. All right, listen. <laughs> he He writes... I need help with legal fees to defend myself against Tempe PD. I've got bad PTSD and had an AR-15 in my face two days ago. That shh bleep was real crazy. By early Monday, Schomer had already raised just over $1,600 of his $10,000 goal. This guy's spray painting penis man all over uh, Phoenix and Tempe, and he gets arrested, and now he's doing a GoFund. Who would give this, this idiot money? I tell you right now, there is not a worse nickname to go to prison with than that. Dude, he's vandalizing public spaces and municipal equipment with penis man. I mean, that's illegal. You can't do that. Oh, guys, 
I got a marketing plan for the podcast. Froggy, I don't want to hear your marketing idea. Hey, shout out to the Kool-Aid, man. I meant to mention this last week, and I forgot all about it. But again, this is like the third time we've talked about the Sarasota airport and the baggage claim crash where the guy busts through the wall. I forgot to mention this. Kool-Aid man retweeted me. Really? Yeah, because when we came back from skiing in early January, we're at LaGuardia, and uh, we don't check bags, but we're walking through baggage claim like, hey, look at that. Look at the baggage belt. It's like just like the Sarasota airport where that guy smashed through, Juan Monsivas, who, by the way, is still in a vegetative state. I don't know if he's ever going to recover. Anyway, I took a picture of the wall with the baggage belt. Looks just like the angle at Sarasota, and I... I tweeted out, patiently waiting at LGA for Juan Monsivas of Manatee County, Florida, to blast through the wall at high speed in a GMC pickup truck like the Kool-Aid man. So I put this little snarky tweet out, and guess what? The Kool-Aid man retweets me, and all he says is, oh, yeah. (laughs) That's a pretty standard answer. That's all the, guess what? That's like all the Kool-Aid guy does is whoever asks a question, whoever makes a statement, if he decides to answer, they retweet you and the Kool-Aid man just in different ways and different spellings just goes, oh yeah. So every response essentially from the Kool-Aid man is, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I thought the Kool-Aid man gave you a custom response like keep my damn name out of your mouth or I'll bust through your house or something like no. that. No. All it was was oh yeah. If he sends you a direct message now. <laughs> what are you wearing? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I just thought it was hysterical that the Kool-Aid guy actually responded. The MJ Morning Show podcast is getting a ton of traction. You know, the best advertising still is word of mouth. So do us a favor, and if you like the MJ Morning Show podcast, the fact that we're back, spread the word. Tell you know, 10, 20, 100 people. Tell everyone at work that MJ and Froggy and Fester are back, and all you have to do is go to mjmorningshow.com. All the episodes are on there, and of course, we're weekly now. New episodes every single week. mjmorningshow.com. That's mjmorningshow.com. I thought we'd end this episode with a classic crotchety old man call. I've had numerous requests for this one. Milton Fludge Cow and the Dumpster. By recycling and waste. Oh, thank God you've answered. I'm stuck in one of your dumpsters. In the dumpster? I'm stuck in one of your dumpsters. I was collecting aluminum cans like you're here right now for recycling. You know, I can get 16 cents a pound. I can make 70 to 80 cents a day. And I got stuck in one of the dumpsters and I can't get out. Transfer you to dispatch. Thank you. Hurry up. I might die in here. Operations. Frank. Oh, thank God you've answered. Frank, I'm stuck in one of your death trap dumpsters. How did you get in the dumpster, sir? 
I collecting aluminum cans and I climbed in, I leaned over, and I fell in. Excuse me, push the top of the dumpster open and climb out. I... I'm trying. I can't reach it. What is your location, please? What? What is your location? I... I think I'm at the Denny's. Which Denny's is that, sir? No, I'm... No, I'm behind the IHOP. What is... What street are you located on? I... I'm having amnesia. I can't remember because it was 100 degrees out there today and I'm all hot. Can you tell me what part of the city you're in? I'm somewhere near downtown. Oh, hold on a sec. What's that? Oh, I think the truck is coming. Push the top of the dumpster open so the driver can see you. I tried. No, no. I'm getting lifted. What is the number of the truck? I can't see it. I'm, I'm getting lifted. Tell me your location so I can get in touch with the I'm driver. getting lit. I'm upside down. Oh. Sure. He's slamming the dump. I well, don't, where are you? I don't think I can hold on. I'm falling down. Uh, tell me where you are. I'm in the dumpster. I was tossed in the back of the truck. I think it stopped. No. Where are you, sir? It's starting to compact. Tell me where you are. You know, that story's been in the news like no less than 250 times. That exact scenario since I recorded that crotchety old man call all those years ago. Homeless guy falls asleep in a dumpster. Then here comes the dumpster truck to empty the trash. And, well, you know the rest. Folks, listen, download, and subscribe. Now, the key word is subscribe. Go to MJMorningShow.com or on all the major podcast platforms and subscribe, and then you'll know whenever a brand-new MJ Morning Show episode drops every single Tuesday. We're weekly now. MJMorningShow.com for any breaking news on the podcast mjmorningshow.com. Of course, you can email me from the site. The direct email address is mj at mjmorningshow.com. But word of mouth, spread the word on this thing, folks. We're growing in downloads every single week. mjmorningshow.com, and we'll see you for the next episode, number nine. The MJ Morning Show. This is a Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy Quick Fix on Radio Influence.
Hey, boys and girls, this week on Duffified Live, oddly enough, I've got two guests. We're talking to Michelle Ragusis. You've heard her on the show before. She's created a charity and an awareness called Chefs for Disaster Relief. Get on Instagram and Facebook. Check this out. If you're in the culinary industry, if you're in the hospitality industry, it's a great way to go. My second guest this week, and I wanted to have him on for a really long time, his story, every single part of this is something, it's literally like reading a story. It's a twist and turn from doing a landscaping business all the way up to owning an unbelievable, critically acclaimed, award-winning food that's being done in a gas station. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to Andre Bope this week from Andre's Kitchen. Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.